We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora Boys are in the building late night. But hey, even after all of the airport mayhem on a Sunday, Left said, I got to talk to the people. I got to talk to the people about Notre Dame's 58-7 victory. That's now, right. We, we both predicted that Pitt would get to double digits. That is also right. First of all, let me get the uh, the intro out. Brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. CFB Nation presented by Twisted Hey, hey. Twist them up. Twisted up. Twisted up. up. Twisting it. <laughs> And make sure you go to YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most of all, leave your comments, man, because we respond to all. You guys were great on the show Friday. The chat was lit, made the show absolutely phenomenal. And then the comments afterwards were still rolling in. So we appreciate you guys. Audio edibles every day. Apple Podcast, Spotify, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know, we spin it different. Different. Now, if you remember Friday's show, left. If you remember before we left, I said, "Hey, just so I let you know, the post game show is going to be a very happy post game show." That's right. I said all three quarterbacks are going to play. We're going to see some big plays, defensively, offensively, and special teams. I said that. And Notre Dame gave it all to us. So, hey, it's a happy post-game show. Happy, happy post-game show. Before that, my guy left. That was your best game yet, bro. I recorded it because it was on at the same time as the Notre Dame game. Yeah, I appreciate I recorded, that. I recorded it. I didn't realize it was like that good of a game, too, with both teams being five, six and two. Yeah. And then adding a robbery to it, I was like, yo. It was a something. Coach Martin yeah. had one there in a couple years, you know. Yeah. I was like, yo, this ended up being 
my boy's best performance and a darn a pretty good game. Pretty good game. Yeah, not bad, man. Hope we keep keep stacking it up, man. You know, uh it was pretty cool to just get a chance to interview Coach Martin and he was my coach. So kind of comes full circle with things. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How was it, you know, seeing Coach Martin when he recruit he recruited you to Notre Dame and to see him now, uh, they're on the schedule to come back to Notre Dame Stadium next year if Notre Dame doesn't uh, change that out for another team. But how was it seeing your old coach? Oh, man, it was great. I mean, he's, he is who, you know, I uh, committed to still, man. He's, he's straight football. He loves calling plays. He loves just the – the 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 grit of it and uh he hasn't changed man he's still intense every day i can tell his team loves to play for him and you know mm-hmm. he's always been a really smart coach man he just knows how to win with what he's got and he doesn't take any excuses and you can appreciate that about a coach who even for himself he's he'll be honest and stuff he said yeah we got our ass kicked or <laughs> yeah we did some ass kicking you know what i mean so uh Pretty refreshing, and then to see Coach Welsh, who's been with him for 17 years, man, finally get the OC opportunity, and he's doing a lot of, a lot of big things, man. So, uh, two guys that that know what they're doing, and it's good to see their program really consistent how they are. Yo, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna fly through this. Go over the three keys. Give you the grades. We have a fantastic week. I think Cam McDaniel is going to join us Monday, Tuesday, because left we got to talk about these soft tissue injuries that keep piling up, especially at the wide receiver position. Cam's going to talk about that. And then Wednesday, Wednesday, LL Nation, the one and the only Corey Miner. There we go. Joins us at 11 a.m. to start the show. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man, you talk about somebody that's killing it in business. Can't wait to talk to number four. That's right. Yes, sir. He out here in California. Yeah, absolutely. So, left since we talked about number four, let's start with number four. And that is Chris Tyree finally becoming the playmaker for the program. Last week against USC, another big catch. You know, going back to the Duke game, just talk about his maturation and what you're seeing from him, not only in special teams, but as that slot wide receiver. Well, it was good to see a special teams touchdown 
on the punt side of things, I think mm-hmm. we've always stressed that we need to put our best player back there that can actually make a play and not just feel punts. And he, he made a really, you know, it looked like CJ Sanders back there almost, you know, <laughs> I mean, they all look alike. So uh, that kind of dynamic ability needs to be used obviously more and in different ways to get him the football. And I think, you know, with the games that we have, we can explore how to do that. And then at this point, you just want to figure out uh, what what you want to do moving forward with who you got, maybe younger or whatever the case may be, because you're just preparing for, you know, a bowl game or whatever may uh, come of it. I don't know if um, – I think we'll get into a New Year's Six Bowl, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. if we, you know, win out. So for us, preparing for that and then with everything changing – I think it's important to identify who are the guys that's going to continue to ride with you. And Marcus Freeman should have more conversations with guys like he does the quarterback about the future of them being there and what they're trying to do with that. Hmm. Yes, I believe Chris Tyree does have a year of eligibility in his back pocket. And I think he would actually be much better next year yeah as a slot receiver um marty biagi your guy that's right a lot of hits from the notre dame fan base and it wasn't fair because yo what coach mason did last year that's that's a high bar that's a high bar for special teams but back to back weeks jadarian price against usc or back-to-back games and then chris tyree takes it back on yesterday. It's good to see good things happening for Marty Biagi because, because we hear that he works really hard and that he's a really good coach and well He's a really good dude. Guys. Yeah. Just, yeah, just he's got everything you would want intangibly from your uh, coach that you respect highly. And for him, I mean, he does a great job of being consistent, you know, and always trying to uh, speak positivity into you, you know, always trying to elevate, you know, try to pull you into his office and, hey, let me show you this, you know, try to get into your life a little bit. So he's always been uh, relatable. And I think that helps when you're running a special teams unit because you, you it's, it's a different type of feel than an offensive defense when, you, when you're talking about what's required in that one or two play instance. And I think um, to be relatable and guys rally around that, he's a good fit for that. And I think it'll grow over time to be better. Maybe not strike like how uh, Mason did, but you know that was that was top in the country at that point mm-hmm. for it one is. year. You know, for yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah. So let's stick to the offense. You know, two Sam Hartman interceptions early. You know, I'm not about to sit here and place blame. You know, they can't happen. Just can't happen. And, you know, when you're going in to score early. Notre Dame should have put up 70. It should have been an old school Lou Holtz. And it, it's something we said. Well, let's go over your three keys. You talked about scoring early. You talked about keeping Pitt down, stepping on their neck. And then you also talked about not making mistakes. You know, how do you think everything turned out? Well, when you score 58 points and the team scores seven, you pretty much hit a lot of the 
the points that we were trying to make in terms of keys. Yeah. Um, we were going against a team that we we know we were going to be favored for, and we and we looked how we were supposed to look against the team we were favored for. So mm-hmm. I think that on on that aspect, yeah, I think you mentioned them having good secondary. Well, Sam Harmon proved you right. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, the secondary can't win the game for you. Mm-hmm. And we got so much going on. It's just hard for a team that's not doing well to, you know, accommodate all of that. I agree. Now, one of the things I said that turned out to be true, I said, yo, Pat Narduzzi is going to have his team ready to play hard. They're going to play hard at the start of this game. And they did. They gave Notre Dame a lot of trouble. Notre Dame really wasn't ready, wasn't able to establish the run early. Oh, snap, what you drinking? A little red? Okay, okay, okay. Just a little red. My brother had uh, a little Riesling earlier. Okay, that's not bad. Like a little, a little pineapple joint. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. I saw. I don't know. We'll talk about this at the break. <laughs> we switch over. Action Bronson, by the way, fans has a very good food podcast. Okay, a you food gotta watch it. Podcast. You know he's a chef. Yeah. Wow. He's actually a chef. You can podcast food. That's new. He goes to restaurants. He went to. He just left L.A. That was that was the episode I watched today. Got he it. Just left. It. It's a joint, a Thai joint in Sherman Oaks that we got to hit when I come out there. Oh, he he put us on, huh? Yo, the joint is literally in the alley, bro. <laughs> the tables are in the alley. Oh, I thought you was gonna say it was it had a nice ambiance. No, but it works though. Oh, okay, it works. But anyway, let's get back to Notre Dame and its offense. Uh, they weren't able to establish. We said Pitt would play hard, but we also said Pitt had absolutely nothing physically to hold up against Notre Dame. They just did, and I'm glad that Jared Parker, who by the way, fans. You can say what you want to say. That's fine. Pitt really never stopped Notre Dame. Let's be honest. The two interceptions, that's not on Jared Parker. Jared Parker called a game where Notre Dame should have put up close to 50 points offensively. I, I can nitpick. But I'm like, man, if you call a game and you put up 50 points, what do you want me to say? Exactly. What do you want me to say? So, there was a point, though, where I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, my word, man. Some of his calls. I'll give you a perfect example. This is what I don't understand. Hartman, you have an experienced quarterback whatever you think about him you think he's tier one two three four i don't care you have an offense where on fourth down you come to the line of scrimmage with four wide 
they blitz an extra guy and have the safety covering Chris Tyree, who has already burnt pitch defense deep early in the game. And you have a corner post combination on fourth and four. Now, see, I'm troubled left because Sam Hartman should have the ability to look at Chris Tyree in the slot and say, man, run the slant. Yes. Dude, I don't care if you don't want him checking at the line. The least Sam Hartman should be able to do is say, okay, they got more than we can block. That dude coming off the edge is mine. We got a post and a corner route. Let me just, you know, give a head nod to Chris Tyree. Run this quick slot first down. You know, that now that's pre-snap. Post-snap, Sam Hartman, as I said before, has to recognize that's my guy. So I have to fade to the right to give myself a few more seconds to get this ball off. Because Mitchell Evans beat the safety like a drunk. Yeah, he did. So that's just the execution we're talking about, pre-snap and post-snap. You know, things like that, that trouble me with this offense left. Like, how do you have an experienced quarterback and handcuff him where he doesn't have the ability to really make checks at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, that's, that's tough sledding. I mean, we had the ability to be able to check if we saw something, especially if it's something that we could take advantage of real quick, move on, move the sticks or whatever, to not give a guy that's a six-year, fifth-year guy that has passed over 12,000 yards mm-hmm. the ability to see something that, like we said, he's played 50-plus games. He's seen just about everything you can see. It'd be different if it was Kenny Minchie. You're like, all right, Kenny, just run it because we need you to just just stack plays for us. Mm-hmm. We don't need you overthinking, outthinking everybody, you know, so just stack plays will get you your shots. A guy like Sam Harper, because this is an anomaly year, the year in terms of the playoffs is not in reach as of right now. So you just got to put yourself in a position of how can I get the most out of Sam Hartman for take for next year, especially if I'm building my own offense or whatever the case may be. So for Sam, it's just conversations that you should have during the week. Okay, Sam, if you're comfortable, you see this, you know, you – you have the experience to be able to communicate that to an experienced Chris Tyree for at Mm -hmm. least maybe you don't have to do it. It's maybe the checks that you're making pre-snap aren't always for everybody. Maybe it's just checks when you see something for Chris Tyree. So there's always a way to get that implemented into the offense, but to be unwilling to do it at all is it's like, for what, what are y'all waiting for? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you, we not in the playoffs. We not in a conference championship. You yeah. know, we done played the games pretty much that we were, the season was bent on, essentially. Yeah. So, if anything, you should be coaching as if you're not coming back. And you're, yeah. you know, putting on the resume for everybody else to see 
which I think you did a good job this week. But you know, Pitts, Pitt is 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 the Pitts. <laughs> Pitt is worse than I thought. Yeah, you know how you know. Okay, I watched them the last two games. They beat Louisville. How in the world? Hey, Amen. I have no clue how this team beat Louisville. No, I know Jawar Johnson was hurt. You know, leading rushing the ACC, but still. Um, yeah, that Mike Elko defense didn't look too good against Louisville yesterday. I just, you know, I'm just saying. Well, you don't got the players either. Well, they they just went through their own gauntlet of games, and they got tired as well. They just went through Notre Dame, I forget who else, then Florida State, and then Louisville. So, like I said, every team has to face it on their schedule. It was good to see everything that happened offensively. Of course, you know, the two interceptions, not the most efficient game by Sam Hartman, 18-25, what is it, 288, two interceptions. Um, Audrey Estimate, this is what I want to point out. 19 for 114, three touchdowns. And we said this was a game where you can hand pit the first 25 plays and say, stop. And the aggression Pitt had early, that's what they were, they were able to do. But eventually they came back to the same hammer and they just started to, man, man, they started to break and take the soul of that pit team and that pit defense. Well, I think it was just something of coming out of a, a bye week. We were just antsy to put it on uh, a team, especially coming home to our place. Mm-hmm. And what really stood out was the fact that the team ha- felt like they had a sense of pride and that they really took on the whole uh, or at least understand the whole mission of what the season was about and understanding in that that you got to – demolish the teams that shouldn't be on the same field with you because it's about showing dominance. I think that's why it's been Georgia for as long as it's been because they show dominance mm-hmm. consistently against good teams, bad teams, um, in, in all circumstances. So I do believe that for us, you know, we're just going to have to make the right steps and getting towards what matters to us the most. It's a two-point game, seven minutes left. Lakers and Kings left. Just in case you wanted to know. What is LeBron going to pull off this time? He struggled. He was having a really tough night. But you know, LeBron to do something in the fourth quarter. He's only playing, what, 29 minutes now? That's good for him. He just so, it to his sons. That's all. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, 
delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. You know, um, Irish fans, I said this on Saturday. Man, if I gave you an upgrade in players and an upgrade in coordinator, but you can only have one that's off-season, which one would you take? Any player? I'm just saying. Look. If I gave you, I would take Tyson Ford. No, no, no. Listen to me. If I gave you two positions via the transfer portal where you got two studs versus going out and replacing the offensive coordinator, which would you take? Replacing two studs or getting the offensive coordinator out. If I got you a true dominant number one wide receiver and like a dominant rush in like Jared Burst. Man, dude, look. All of that Players make coordinators a whole lot better. They make the bad ones look okay. You think so? Because I they think make, they make the okay ones look man. Look, what's his name? The Bengals, Zach. Did you know darn well Zach ain't that good of a play caller, dude? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, the head coach of you know Zach Taylor is mid. You know that, Les. We is all he, know it. Is he, he mid? Yes, he's mid, dog. Yes. Yes. He's mid. Damn. Nobody goes around saying, boy, that can't Zach Taylor be putting. They always talk about the Bengals players before they talk about Zach Taylor. Don't they? Yeah. Now let's go to the 49ers, who they beat today, by the way. Big win. They always talk about the head coach, and he has a bunch of all pros a bunch of them but the first person they talk about is the head coach and the play call if you're an elite play caller, the same thing with john elway and the broncos his father they always talked about him as a play caller even though he had great players dude if you're an elite play caller they're gonna talk about you no matter who you have but great players can elevate coordinators that might not be as good all i'm saying is notre dame fans might be putting too much energy into asking for a new coordinator Mm -hmm. i mean that's where we at with it 
Notre Dame more than likely runs the table, right? Ends up 11 yeah. and 2. And you're going to walk in the office and tell this dude, hey, man, thank you for coming in when Tommy just out of nowhere bounced. And thank you for continuing to run his offense like we asked you to do. But, and we score more points than any Tommy Reese offense. But thank you for your services. Yeah. Well, that's the way to do it. I mean, the likelihood of that happening, it would be very gangster on behalf of Marcus Freeman. I would chuckle like, dang, okay. All right. But I just don't see it happening, love. Yeah, I mean, anything is possible. <laughs> That's just how you have to look at it. Anything is possible. That's true. But I do think that, you know, Jared Parker should feel like this was more of an opportunity than it is something that he was quote-unquote qualified for. You know, you can't tell me that he wasn't surprised just as Marcus Freeman after yeah. the coaches that he saw Marcus Freeman go after. And it wasn't him at any point to think that once he got it that, you know, anything has changed from that original thought because at the end of the day, you're just a part of the team that is doing continuing what we already had. It's like uh, the teacher and a substitute teacher. You're going to run what the teacher was running in the class. Yeah. She's just not there, but you are the substitute. Mm -hmm. So you still got to pass out the work and all of that. So that's where I'm at with it, I think. And Marcus Freeman, knowing where he is and, and how important this this program is and his legacy upon this program and what he's up against, he shouldn't be afraid to talk to anybody and have that conversation like he does to the quarterbacks because this is not an emotional-based thing. And Jared Parker, I think if he was able to be told that, he would get picked up somewhere else, probably in a better advantageous position because mm -hmm. he went to Notre Dame and, and got us, you know, got us right. Yeah. Um, somebody said uh, the last two games, the interceptions are uh, – Are they because of the freshman wide receivers? Sam Hartman has made some bad decisions the last two games. Like, people wanted to jump on um, Rico for that first interception against Louisville. Before we started talking about Rico fighting for the ball, it's a bad throw. It's a bad throw. It's a bad throw. It's like, dude, I it's almost like Notre Dame fans are disappointed. Notre Dame fans are, are either standing on the hill, the Heisman Hill, that they planted the flag on when he decided to come to Notre Dame, unwilling to admit that he's not that dude. 
Yeah, I'm willing to admit it's the problem. I see. Or or they're either just like bashing him to the point where he's like just this awful quarterback, which I know we've never said that. All we said yeah, was said that. we we didn't get the juice or the squeeze that we thought we were going to get. I'll give you a perfect example. Forget the first interception, right? Pass okay. interference. First of all, it was passing the defensive pass interference in my That's opinion. Right. Uh, Rico could have flattened the route and went across the safety's face. Yeah, that would have been quarterback friendly for sure. That would have been quarterback friendly, all of that. All right, push that to the side. The second interception was there. What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Like, that's a terrible decision and a terrible throw. But he's going to give you some of that. That's why he, you know, I believe came back to be able to clean that stuff up. But I think that's just who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. Um, it is. It is what it is. It is. You know, yeah. that's what makes him below the top-notch quarterbacks. Yeah, it's just that finishing factor. You know? It's like you don't have the the detail on the car. It's just, it's a nice yeah. Trans Am, but it's just don't have the detail. You didn't custom it. You didn't put the all the stuff in that's involved to make it uh, elite. Yeah, well, yeah. on a on a bare foundation, you got some stuff that we can we can do with, you know. Yeah, and that's all. You know, fans expected more. We expected more, and we just didn't get it. That's all. We you know. So now it. we get to experience. You know, with who he is, he can win the rest of the games in a bowl game. Very capable. Very Ian Book did that. I mean, Ian Book, yeah, got Miles drafted. They've kept playing that one-handed catch against LSU that Ian threw for all through the draft, everything. So you know, it is what it is. So no, I've, I've his interceptions and some of his inconsistency is just him. We pointed out the fourth down play, right? Right. Your tier two to tier one quarterback recognizes that, says, this is on me. Even if you can't check out the play, man, I need to give myself a few seconds. Float to the right. Loft it up. Easy first down. Easy. That's not what we got. You know? Yeah, and I, I do think that time, you know, will make things better considering if everybody stayed in the same place all, on the offensive side, they would be able to come to a commonplace with that. Let's go ahead and give out the grades for the offense, left. Okay. Okay. Um, Jack uh, I said I was about to say Jack Cone. I'm like, you miss him that much, huh? <laughs> you miss him that much after that second interception. You sound like Shannon talking about Skip all the time. It's like, man, oh, man. Sam Hartman, man. 
I two think be able, two interceptions. You know, anytime we throw picks, it's just it just doesn't look good in the stat sheet. Even though you score fifty something points, I got to give you a B. Coming out of a bye week, we were able to be at least functional yeah. offensively. We didn't ask you even in a game where we knew we were going to win. We didn't even ask you to lead in anything outside of your realm of what you're comfortable with. And so to do what we've asked you to do for this game, you did it well, so I give you a B. Let's go ahead and talk about the offensive line. They dominated in the run game. I felt like they passed the tech pretty well. Even the second unit, when they came in, took care of business. Overall, what grade do you have for them? I definitely give them a B plus. They controlled the trench warfare and allowed us to do probably a lot more than us uh, not being able to do that with and you know securing that part of the game and to be able to be doing it well in the run and the pass just shows how far we've uh, progressed as a unit through the year and that we're only getting stronger as the year goes on. So I'll give them a, a B plus. Running backs left. I'll just estimate three touchdowns, 114. Jadarian Price with one of the most impressive seven-yard touchdown runs you'll, you'll see in a long time. Yeah, I mean, what would I don't know? I don't know. I, I just I think overall, oh, it's just hard to tell. You know, when the the, the teams are so lopsided, mm-hmm. it's just like putting sugar on the S word in terms of the fact that we we could it may taste a little better but to to be so lopsided in the game everybody's just going to look like it was fine and I don't think this is a game we're going to really evaluate in terms of oh we can get better in these ways just because it was just too lopsided of a talent wise also, it was good to see guys just make plays. Like Christian Gray mm. had an amazing uh, pick. And that just shows the fan base, the talent that's on the roster, that's festering and waiting for the opportunity to really get on that stage. And we got guys that are ready for that. So, you know, <laughs> grading blowouts is just hard for me. Because <laughs> it's because everybody's going to be like we beat them fifty three. Right, it you it it, it can kind of lead you to overreact. Yes, yes, yeah. and I'm like let's let's focus on inward. If that's yeah. the, that's the thing, if we can focus inward and and realize that the season is the season, but we need to stick to. Um, we need to stick to developing these young guys and finding the holes we need to fix to be a championship team for next year. Yeah. With things changing, you I think you almost have to like rethink the way you have your roster. Do you front load your roster with older guys or do you try to 
keep a, a younger team to grow through the, the regular season and then have a chance to do something pretty big in the postseason being that they're young. So the way Marcus Freeman has to structure his team with this playoff system coming in place, I yeah. think it's something that you have to keep in mind when you're trying to finish the season on a high note. You know, this is these, these are about the 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 finishing the season on moral not moral victories, but on high notes that give you promise going into another year that all we need is a couple things. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to leave this year saying, oh, all we need is one or two positions fixed and we're right there. And I think the way you do that is by finding your youth, Christian Gray, you know, you got your younger receivers obviously flourishing in ways. You got your running backs, you know, getting the, the rotations that the that, that that they need. So uh-huh. it's going to be important how Marcus Freeman views the end of this season. How is he approach the end of this season? It'll, it'll be better for him, especially as a young coach growing into expectation season. Cause I do think year three is the, is the, we're looking at you with the spotlight. Lucky lucky podcast. We'll talk about that Christian gray interception. When we switch over the defense, let's finish it out. Wide receivers yesterday. Look left. <laughs> I'll give him a B. Yeah, I know. I'll give him a B. I was, I was, I was cringing. I was like, I hope left is about to be nice, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, executive producers here just trying to figure out their role. And you know, hey, uh, Rico had a big day, run and catch, run after the catch. Tobias had a deep ball. Um, it should have been a touchdown. It was underthrown. He had to slow up and wait for it. Chris Tyree had a phenomenal catch. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Catch. He had a phenomenal game. Yeah, he did. Uh, Braylon James had a nice. Do, do college football teams have something against quick slants left? They do. They, they must. Do. I'm like, dude. Pass a plan seven, eight yards off. Well, not not the Mac Conference. The Mac Conference, they get to them slants. They love them slants. Mm-mm-mm. So it was yeah, to but the kid the, Cooper Flanagan, the freshman, get his first touchdown, the 19 yarder. Oh man. Yeah, that's what these games are about. Honestly, that's what these games are about. So yeah, what grade do you get to the wide receivers? You said a B? Yep, gave them a B. Tight ends. Like I said, the freshman gets his. Hopefully, Mitchell Evans is okay. Um, it was a uh, shoulder right on the side of his knee. Uh, there really wasn't a lot of movement. It was just like bang. So it's probably sore. They'll learn more. To... They went through everything today. I'm sure we'll hear about them tomorrow. I'm going to keep it a buck. Clemson's so bad, they don't need That's yeah. how awful Clemson is. Clemson is so awful, they don't need them. And please be on with us tomorrow morning. I got two clips of Dabo Sweeney that we're going to have a lot of fun with tomorrow morning. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. We're about to have a lot of fun. We're about to go from uh from God to NIL. <laughs> from God to the NIL. <laughs> this man never losing touch with reality, man. He We're going to... from God to the NIL to getting up the uh he needs having to... too many people That's on right. the bus and letting them off. Yeah, this man uh, needs to be operating a mega church, not no football mm. team. The way he's pushing his propaganda out here, <laughs> trying to cop please for this football team, and it's like, Dabo, you know what you need to do, and you over here talking about <laughs> you need to lighten up the lighten up the load. Yeah, come <laughs> on, man, this man is a trip. When has anybody ever said they need to do that? When has anybody ever said they need to do that? It's funny how when you when you face with tough adversity and you don't have generational quarterbacks that you just call them Michael Jordan and and Larry Bird. What did, I, what did I tell you about great talent? How they make coaches look left? Didn't I just tell you this? <laughs> yeah, he has some classic speeches when he had Michael Jordan on his team and how they how they you know everything is 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 because of you know. Some spiritual factor. No, you had a generational talented quarterback and you ate off of that. Dude. And as soon as you didn't have it, you looked like no different than anybody else. As, as, as a Chicago Bulls fan, it used to be funny when people would be astonished. Like, I'm just amazed at how, you know, when the Bulls struggle or they fall behind, how Phil Jackson just crosses his leg on the bench and is just able to let them figure it out. Are you kidding me? This dude has Scotty, Dennis Rodman, and Mike. What does he need to say? Or let's, yeah, fast, forward, let's fast forward to the Lakers. He has Shaq and Kobe. Uh, figure it out? You see that? You see that clip where uh, <laughs> Mike Brown was talking about when LeBron was 21 and they was in that playoff situation and he was like, young, well, first of I all, was young relax. too. Nobody's disrespecting Phil Jackson. That's right. Nobody said he wasn't a great coach or the greatest. I just said, I didn't even say anything about Phil. People be over the top left. I said, I'm amazed when people in the media overreact like, oh my God, that's such a great thing that you have the patience to just let the two best players in the game figure it out. It's the two best players in the game. Exactly. That's not like some wizardry. Dude, when you have the best players, you can let them figure it out. You don't have to waste meaningless timeouts. You don't. You don't. And that's just, like I said, media people overreacting like, oh, my God. It's like, dude. Come on, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So those are the team grades. Went over the uh, three keys and how they played out. Great performance. First string, second string, Steve Angeli. Hey, I'm happy for you, kid. Yeah, I'm definitely. happy that you were able to walk on that field and perform the way you did. 
Absolutely. One touchdown. You got to advertise yourself, you know, brand it. Yeah. That little rollout where you threw it and you was opposite, opposite arm, you know, that yeah. whole thing. It's like that. Some teams going to watch that be like, you know what? Yeah. That look good at Jersey over here. Yeah. I just think that um, it doesn't change anything that I said or left. Does it change anything you said on Friday? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, but I'm like, I'm not about to rain on the young man's parade. That was fantastic, man. Fantastic for the young man. Yeah. Um, I saw some questions and comments about it. If Marcus Freeman knew at this point that his starting quarterback was on this roster, he would not have a conversation with the coaching staff set up for the next bye week. That's they one hundred, yeah, they, they definitely should. That's it. That's it. Your head coach has already told you. I'm not sure if my starting quarterback is on this roster for next season. He's our he's already said that. So it's yeah. not about us, it's not about any other show, podcast. The head coach said that. There's going to be a discussion amongst the coaches, and we'll see. We will see. My advice is still the same for Steve Angeli. Can you hold off Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr for two years? Because as a quarterback, you should want two years where you can play at whatever school as the starter. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Now make your decision. Make your decision. Lucky Lefty Podcast. When we come back, we'll get the defense out of here, players of the game, and we'll let you guys go. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 